If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. If you prefer real mornings, shouldn't you have a real breakfast? At McDonald's, we get real about breakfast. That's why you can have a savory sausage biscuit with delicious hash browns for only $1.50. It's time to wake up breakfast. Single item at regular price. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Not to be a backseat driver, but can you say for sure you got the best monthly payment possible on your auto loan? Could it be that you might have gotten a better deal by shopping the loan at a few places and have a lower car payment? Next time, before you go car shopping, visit Communication Federal Credit Union first. Our auto loan experts will find you a perfect loan and get you the lowest monthly payment we can. Communication Federal, your auto loan experts. Restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Ready to stand out, Army ROTC prepares you not only as a college student, but as a strong leader, allowing you to earn the rank of second lieutenant. You will be eligible for full tuition merit-based scholarships and develop leadership skills essential for your future. Start strong and enhance your college experience. Visit your campus Army ROTC representative today. To find out how you can earn up to a full tuition scholarship, visit GoArmy.com podcast to locate your closest ROTC program today. Army officers inspire strength in others. Paid for by the United States Army. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are gonna ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors, we're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com and the party is on. See you. See you. 
KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to another episode of The Cocktail Lounge. I am your hostess with the mostest, Aggie, and with me as always is the ever-suave, affable, and quaffable co-host of mine, Brad Slager. How are you doing this evening, Brad? We're doing well. How are you doing? Y prospero año. Ah, gracias. Mil gracias. (laughs) Igualmente para ustedes. (laughs) <laughs> sure. Back at you. Back at you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta. Uh, I gotta try to cultivate my like swarthy Spanish voice. Try to come off sounding like you know, suave and debonair type. No, no. Just all you have to do is find a telenovela anywhere. Usually, pick one with Eric Estrada. You're golden. Trust me is, on oh, this. Oh, is he still doing that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's big in Mexico. He's doing a lot. He's been doing (laughs) telenovelas over there for a while. Although he's over here, he was doing a, um, he was like a special guest star on a a series of um, movies for the Hallmarks Movies and Mysteries. And uh, he, he played a retired lieutenant from the police force who was helping his nephew, who was a detective in the police force in that town with, with stuff. So, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, he and he was lampooning himself because he would make fun of, you know, he was watching this particular telenovela. And it was funny because he was describing the telenovela. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he's describing the telenovela he was in two years ago. I know this <laughs> telenovela because I watched it. <laughs> of course you did. Well, that's one of the things about telenovelas in Latin America. They end. They usually last anywhere from... A year to like 18 months, sometimes two years, but they come mm-hmm. to an end. Okay. So well, it's not weird. like American soap operas that keep going for fucking ever. <laughs> I would hope at some point in time that he's wearing one of the traditional Mexican pullovers because I would just love to see a scene where Ponch is wearing a poncho. Oh yeah, that that would be kind of epic. He has. I saw him a couple of times in Guayaberas, and uh, of course, you know the 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 requisite open necked, tight fitting button down that made him famous back in the seventies and eighties. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're a little old for that. <laughs> but he still looks good. I gotta give him props. He still looks good. So, so, but yeah, it, just find any telenovela with Eric Estrada and just pay attention to the way he's talking. Or better yet, that episode of Psych, where he was in the telenovela, same thing. 
Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. That was a great one. I loved it. <laughs> I um, I did come across something interesting, a little nugget. Trivia, if you would, even. Um, I was just doing some research for one of the things I was doing, all those 7,000 things I'm doing currently. And, you know, the uh, contemporary controversy regarding Baby It's Cold Outside. You know, how... Uh, some of the new fangled generation has to consider that a date rape song. Yes. So I'm used to like the Dean Martin version and all that, you know, that, that kind of, and it, it's been remade about 7 million times before. I think everybody has a cover on it. Yeah. Like Gen Z got their sensitivities all up in a wad and they're like, you know, he's really trying to rape her. How about this? Shut up. Um, the movie that it was originally in, the first couple to perform that floored me. It was Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> oh, Never <God>. knew that. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't even remember the name of the movie offhand now that I think about it, but it's uh, like, you know, one of those rare times where the song is bigger than the movie that it was in. You know, like Theme from a Summer Place. Everybody knows that song from then, oh, and yes, no one's ever course. seen that freaking movie. It's like, yeah, but did you see the movie? It's like, it, that was in a movie? I'm going to go with no. So that just kind of cracked me up. But yeah, Montalban's one of the voices I'd like to cultivate. That is uh, a, a, a beautiful, he had such a beautiful, rich voice. I, the timber of it was just, I mean, beyond soon worthy because I can honestly tell you, I was watching this was several years ago. I was watching uh, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, and I was babysitting my niece, who is now 32, by the way. So it was several years ago. And he starts talking, and she is transfixed. She was not paying attention to the movie whatsoever. She was doing her little drawings and whatnot for, for class. And the moment Ricardo Montalban started talking, she came to a screeching halt. And that's power. Oh, yeah, that guy could... Uh, <laughs> he just had this, you know, the, the way he modulated, you know, he would go up and down, but he would never lose his timber at the same time. So it was like, you know, he's going up and you're captivated, but at the same time, he's still at that swarthy, masculine Spanish thing. He's like, oh, oh my gosh, I just... Remember, what it, it's going was on. It, he, Neptune's daughter, wasn't it? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Esther Williams. Got it. All right. Yeah. He was crooning her. And also for you um, people thinking the song is rapist and, oh, it's all about the man attacking. They actually sang the song twice in the film. And the second time, the woman was the one trying to compel the man not to leave. Yes, that's right. Ergo. <laughs> it was tit for tat, really. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, Let's not forget, there were several, I mean, seriously, back in the 30s and 40s, there was so much innuendo going on with, with general songs that, you know, were also used in films. It, to the point where film titles were changed to appease the public in case it was too risque. Mm -hmm. One of the songs that comes to mind is Roll With Me, Henry. It, the movie title was changed to Dance With Me, Henry, for that reason. So... This whole thing about, you know, oh, this being about, no, no, no. It's just, 
it was risque. It was fun. That's all it was. It was fun. And, you know, what can I tell you? People need to suck the fun out of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, I mean, it's a playful song. It's not like, hey, hey you're not going nowhere. You're going to get your ass some bait and service me. It wasn't like that at all. This is like, you know, uh, give and take. It's a repartee going on between you. This is, you know, a guy trying to swoon the woman and trying to woo her to remain. And she's, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, she clearly wants to, but is fighting kind of the contemporary repression of the time, that sort of thing. But the song was written by a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. They used to, uh, long before the movie, they were a pair of composers. They did a bunch of movies, but they would do this together at dinner parties in Hollywood. They would get together and say, like, hey, you two, why don't you play your song? And they would come up and entertain everybody by doing their rendition of that song. And it became popular enough in Hollywood circles that they actually adapted it for the film. So that's the lurid backdrop of that rape song. It's it's a really couple. tragic that it has been reduced to that because that that was not the intent of the song. Yeah, but see, I don't think it's been But then you have, you know, like that comedian said, let me, you know, this is the song that was banned. I will read you the lyrics and I will read you the lyrics of the number one song that's going on right now. And it was, you know, WAP. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and I was like, how is this song being banned? And it's not about the song. It was never about the song. The only thing is it was about the culture. You are, they're actively trying to erase that which we look fondly back on as being good and wholesome and modest and, you know, whatever, you know, the, the June Cleaver thing. They're trying to really erase that. And but it's, it's, it's you know, that. The, anytime they do that, though, they, they always end up stepping on their own cranks in some fashion. Well, yeah, there was, the, they know, want to sit there and demonize something that, it maybe wasn't a hundred percent innocent, but it was, you know, playful. It exactly, was, it, there was innuendo in it, but the thing was, the innuendo was understood by both parties. You know, yeah, they, and it's it also was a subtle play. enough that if you're not looking for it, you'd maybe miss it. Hell, I never looked for it. I sang that song in church. Yeah. Oh my gosh, scandal. Yeah, during but, the Christmas festival, we all sang, you know, popular. But it's like you just said, then, at the same time, the cult, their current culture is far worse, you know, and it's, it, there's so many different examples of this going on where you can't do that. And they're practicing something that should offend them even more. And this is, it. well, you saw the whole issue with Bluey and Coco Melon and, you know, because, you know, people were up in arms. Oh, this is just right wing propaganda. Bluey is right wing propaganda, which it's not, but they were decrying the fact that Bluey has a main character that is a father figure. Oh, yeah. I saw New right? York Times were calling. They were saying... Yeah, exactly. They were going it's, after It's an it. unreal fantasy. No, it's not. It's not even a fantasy. They're trying to make it a fantasy. That's the yeah. whole issue with breaking up... A but at the same time, unit. I'm not supposed to question that there's dogs walking on two legs and speaking to each other. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, exactly. I, <laughs> but, you know, there was one guy that actually said... I don't understand what the up in arms, you know, there've been many shows that didn't have a mom figure, like <clears throat> The Courtship of Eddie's Father, you know, My Three Sons, and um I Dream a Genie. Uh well, that was different. But 
in all of those instances, it wasn't that there was divorce. The mom was gone. Uh, like she had passed away. And in the instance of um, well, that's what the, the show that escapes said. me, is, it was with Sebastian Cabot and Brian Keith, and he was taking care of his niece, niece and nephew. The parents Wait, what had was that? Did that have a day of the week in the time? Like, it was like Friday or something. What the hell was that show now? I don't Mr. Know. French. Yeah, Mr. French was in it. And, you know, and it was funny because I grew up with Mr. French with a really funny accent. And then when I heard him in English, I was like, oh, my God, he still has the funny accent. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really funny hearing Mr. French have an accent in, you know, a British accent in Spanish. OK. And oh. I always thought that that was kind of <laughs> weird until I heard him in English. And I said, oh, so they, they were trying to make it to where and. A, a person speaking in Spanish had a British accent. Oh my! But okay, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, they they were saying oh, all of called? these all of these shows didn't have moms in it. It's like that's because the moms had died, and yeah. men were trying to navigate through being the sole parental unit, and in each of those shows, eventually a woman came along. So, you know that that that's that's the whole. You know, they were trying to say, you know, how important a mother figure is, how important a father figure is in these shows, even when there was no mother figure or when there was no father figure. So for him, for that guy to actually say that a father figure is unnecessary because these shows had no mother figure was, you know, he was missing the whole point. I find the trick is not listening to these cranks. <laughs> Pointing and laughing is my usual go-to in these instances. It's kind of like today because uh, Claudine Gay re resigned today, not Claudine Oh, yeah, anyway. yeah. Many tears were shed among the leftists. But, of course, there's a contingent out there. Well, the white people got their wish. No, <laughs> I, I didn't. No, my wish was for her never to have... Because uh, one jackass from NPR, Eric Deggins, the, the TV critic. So, of course, he has to weigh in on social matters. He's like, well, they got their wish. Finally, she's gone. Like, you do realize she's in trouble for stealing from another black educator, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or is it too white of me to point that out? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh, like, it's racist to point out that she stole. I just have to break in. It was, I just have to break in. Rex told me it's family affair. That was the name of the show. I just said that. Oh, well, I didn't hear you. I know you're busy talking. I was busy talking over you. But go yes. on. <laughs> Quite okay. I'm used to being ignored. <gasps> it happens I ever, all the time. I have never ignored you. <laughs> I, I have not. <laughs> you are so full of shit. I'm <laughs> oh, it's my coffee. So, sorry, I was being interrupted. Oh, no, that's um, fine. Did you give her a new journal? Does she come home with a new journal? She's got like five going right now, currently. So, I know, no, she I, needs more. I left my coffee in the microwave. That's what happened. So, oh, yeah, I'm kind of guilty about that, too. She was dinging. That's what it was. <laughs> She's being your helper. She's your I mini know. editor. Okay. I'm Give sorry, honey. I, yeah, I, I forgot my word. Wow. Okay. 
not at all. Well, did you uh, did you get to watch any of the athletic competitions yesterday? I did. I did. I actually got to um, enjoy a lot of the football. Um, currently, everybody in the house is sick, so I've been taking care of a couple of people. Fun. And so, you know, football was, you know, a way that we could actually enjoy something without moving around much or doing anything. So <laughs> I set up, you know, I put on the games, you know, there you go. Start watching away. And I was... Um, very surprised on the three games that I did watch. The first one being the Ohio State game kind of blew me away. I that did not expect that really, game. That wasn't a game. That was not a game. Exactly. <laughs> it was not a game. And I'm like, what is I don't going know on? what the hell. Three nothing in the fourth quarter. Three zero. I thought, honestly, quarter. that they were trying to break the record for the lowest scoring game. Well, here's here's the stat of the game for you, if you're ready. Um, Missouri managed to score twice in that final period in order to conquer the Buckeyes. So they defeated them 14-3. to Key stat here, that final touchdown pushed the game total one higher than the punt total. They scored 17 points. Both teams punted 16 times. That is amazing to me. It it really was. It was almost like there was an active vortex of some kind on that field. It was so weird. I was watching it and I was like, they're not clicking. They're not playing. They're not, they're not gelling together as neither one. Neither, well, I mean, neither of the is... offense and neither of the defenses were clicking. But, as, as Yeah, as this is the horseshit that goes on because of the portal. Because everybody's leaving. Yes. So everybody's sitting out. So every team is playing their third string. I came over um, to our friend's house yesterday. You know, because I got, God forbid I do work. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're such a slacker. Go on. I mean, this is, uh, <laughs> it's just like this week in the coming week. I just got no shortage of crap because of the end of the year stuff. I'm putting out a crap ton of ton content. I'm just saying. I, uh, I got my Grammarly statistics today. Jesus. But um, we go over their house. They're uh, they're high Tennessee fans. I mean, they come from like five miles away from the campus. They're huge. Got there for the Citrus Bowl. One o'clock. Uh, we rolled in. It was seven to nothing against Iowa. And I look at my friend Adam. I said, you guys got this sewn up. You, you won the game. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, okay, trust me. <laughs> you got seven. You're good. You know, and his dad's uh, staying with him now, and he's you know elderly guy, but he's a Tennessee guy too. And he's like, I don't know because uh, the announcers keep talking Iowa and how they got the best defense. He's like, trust me. Then Iowa gets the ball. They come on the field, and I see a backup quarterback, and I just start chuckling. Their starting quarterback was garbage, <laughs> and he's in the portal now. So they're thirty to zero, I believe, is the final. And they just kept looking at me and were like, wow, Brad, you were you nailed it. I was like, of course I did. Trust me, I know things. And I drink a lot. But these were the uh, the secondary contest of the day. We had to get into the old championship series at 5 p.m. Do we do we dare tread on these waters? 
Hmm. <laughs> okay, you're giving me dead air. You know, we just talked about this. <laughs> no, I'm laughing, okay. I'm about to throw my microphone across the room. <laughs> Crap broke again. No, yeah, the, um, the Crimson Tag played for the semifinal against Michigan. I got to say, it was a damn good game. I, well, I can't really crap on anybody. It was entertaining. It kind of went how I had hoped, not quite like I expected. I, my big question coming in is, I kept saying, Michigan's defense, I don't know if they got enough or not. They did. And went to overtime. Playoff in college goes to overtime. How about that? And uh, the Wolverines prevailed. And I'm just, I'm going to turn it over to you now, Aggie. Say the line. Say the line. Not today, (laughs) Saban. I know. My friends are going to hate me. I get it. But I'm not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) i i i i I get it every everybody has their team and some of our favorite uh you know people in chat have alabama and i am not taking anything away from the team i'm not those kids fight hard they play hard they love hard when it comes to football i get it i just don't like nick saban and I have no, never made same. I have never made any <laughs> pretense otherwise. But um, you know, but they did they did play well. I gotta say, that was a really good game, and it oh, yeah. did come down to the way, to the wire. And that's what you expect to watch in a playoff game. You want to see stuff like this. You don't want to see stuff like Ohio State. No, I no. <laughs> Well, I, I think what we saw, though, was the difference because when you're in the playoffs, the guys do want to play because the guys do want that championship. So I don't think either team had too many sitting out. And the same goes for uh, Texas, Washington. I mean, all the big names were on the field that I could pick out. And you know, the Huskies had Penix behind center, and their three hot wide receivers were all in the game. So I'm sorry. If I were born with that last name, I would have changed it by the, the moment I turned 18. I'm not even kidding. I, I don't know. The guy, whatever happens, <laughs> he's got a porn career set up regardless. He spelled, True. When your name is penis spelled with an X, I mean, come on. <laughs> I just, I feel bad. I really do for, you know, but, you know, I'm sure that he takes it in stride and and he's becoming quite a household name. (laughs) Oh God, I can't do this. Okay. I know you have to, you struggle just to have his name in your mouth, don't you? You are, you suck. <laughs> Crazy. I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then Texas and Washington squared off, and it, it was kind of the same thing there, too. I kind of expected the Huskies to have a good game, and it was just a question if the Longhorns' defense could contain them, and they really could not. Their offense looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ewers had them moving pretty efficiently, but just not enough. And no. it just there's a one point in the game where I think it was like in the third quarter, Ewers and Penix had pretty much the same statistics. I mean, as far as like completions, first downs, all of that, and it just Washington had more yardage on their on their plays. They were getting those 20, 30 yard pops. And I was, that was kind of making the difference. Where you know, Texas had these sustained drives, but the Huskies would get some quick strikes and big plays, and they would suddenly be down in the red zone before you knew it. Kind of the difference right there, but going to be interesting. Um, I mean, you want to talk about two different styles for the final, Washington, Michigan, geez, that's uh, that's going to be a curiosity. If Michigan wants to grind it out, they want to do the sustained game plan, control the ball, keep the other team off the field. I don't know if they've got that. Going to be interesting to see. Well, we'll see how it pans out. I'm I'm sure like Al said in the chat, there has been a definite uptick in morale over at uh, Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington, I'm sure, is feeling really good about the whole situation. And I was, you know, and it was funny because I watched the Washington, Texas game. I obviously I had no dogs in any of these fights. I was just watching for the fun of it because even even though I'm a noob when it comes to football, I do enjoy watching the game. I do I enjoy how much people enjoy it. That's more my thing. But you know, seeing um some of the people be not quite heartbroken, but just like, how could we lose to these people? You know, <laughs> it was it was interesting. Yeah, it would be fun. It would be fun. But it's, the thing is, I don't get all that bent out of shape. Like, I'll rag on people a little bit regarding the teams, but I, don't, I try not to be obnoxious about it. It's just I'm giving some shit here and there, and that's about it. Because it means nothing, ultimately. So I don't take it personally. I hope no one else does either. It's, it's like when we were at our friend's house. I met it's the first time I met their dad. You know, we were, you know, talking it up and chatting things up. And then, you know, and he's like, So what college do you like? It's like, oh, I'm a UM fan, Miami. He's like, Oh man, I've just never liked it. And I just looked at him and I said, dude, everybody hates us. He said, Don't worry, it's cool. <laughs> it's like if you're not Miami, nobody likes you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's kind of funny, a friend of mine posted a uh a chart from the NHL the other day. It was um, it was a list of all 32 teams, and next to each one were the three teams fans of that franchise hate the most. And yeah, it kind of struck me as interesting because I you know, right off the bat I'm thinking that don't we don't really the Florida Panthers don't really have like a strong rivalry. I mean we got a couple. You know, us in Tampa all the time, it just, we don't play in the same division, though, oddly enough, mm-hmm. in Florida. So it's not, we don't square off that much. We always just have great games together. And they're not really battle, like, fight. It's scoring affairs, really. Maybe Boston lately, a little bit more with the playoffs. And for whatever damn reason, last year, Ottawa, we were just always in a fight with those sons of bitches. But, and that's just odd, too. Well, it's Ottawa. I mean, outside of outside of Canada, Ottawa is like the odd place to be. 
it's kind of like um, there's a vortex there too. Well, I would say a, Winnipeg is probably even more outpost. I mean, Ottawa at least. Oh no, no, Winnipeg is outpost, but Ottawa is the center of the government in Canada, which means all of those people are whack anyway, which is sure, why they're hostile. Sure. That's why you get that hostility. Well, just the funny thing is basically their biggest star and our biggest star, the Kachuk brothers. <laughs> so we're sitting here having these fights all the time. And I've never it's kind really, of beautiful. I, I don't think I've seen the two of them square off, but I have seen them get kind of rough on the ice with, you know, like do the major hit, throw an elbow or a shoulder or something. But we had that one game where uh, they kicked everybody off the ice and out of the game with Ottawa. <laughs> is, just, was that the one with the mom? I mean, the, the yeah, aunt or what? Grandmother. Yeah. Grandmother was there. Yes. Oh my God, she was not happy. She yes. had her arms crossed and going, What the shit? We <laughs> came here to watch a game. <laughs> we get these two in here for watching a game. Let me I tell know. you what. <laughs> <laughs> she was so epic. I loved her. She was so great. I mean, she didn't do anything. She just sat there with this look on her face. Had well, I, I think it's like during the game, they get like. Focusing on it every so often in the game. It's like, hey, there's Grandma Kachuk watching her boys play. How about that? And then this knockdown drag out went on in the third period. <laughs> like, um, want to check in on Graham? And she's just sitting there like, you sons of bitches. Yeah, she had this, like, <laughs> I am so tired of this shit. Look on her face. It was great. <laughs> I love her. She needs to be their mascot. She needs to have, like, a jacket, like the way the Kelsey mom has a jacket. That's, oh, you know, both the teams? Yeah, with both teams. She needs yeah. one of those. She does. <laughs> yeah, just it, you kind of saw a look on her face. It's like, whatever trouble this guy's in in the locker room with the coach, she ain't going to match when they get back to the house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you get your ass in the basement. We're going to talk. <laughs> oh, no. But the That's... funny thing about that chart was um, – you know, they so they. I look at the Panthers, and I think it was Tampa Bay, Boston. I couldn't even remember the third team. Like I would have guessed, maybe Carolina, because we have some good games with them too. But if that wasn't. I forget who the third one was. Even. But what cracks me up is I go through all the other teams to see who their rivals are. Nobody listed Florida at all, even Tampa. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> nobody's got a beef with us. And I'm going through this list, and I was like. Hang on, wait a second. I go through one more time. Every single freaking team had the Toronto Maple Leafs with the exception of two. <laughs> Nobody likes the Leafs at all. <laughs> and it cracks me up the most. The Leafs suck. Like they I will are, not dispute that. They, I should say this, they should be the New York Yankees of the NHL. You know, they're rooted in Toronto. That's the hockey center. NHL offices are there. All the money in Canada is there. They've got all of the franchise cash in Canada. They should have the most stacked roster with all the best Canadians possible. They haven't been to the Stanley Cup since the 60s. Cracks me up, and like every so often, you know, they do make the playoffs and such. It's like, oh man, this is, Toronto's on the back. They're back. The Maple Leafs are back. It's like, shut up. They won't. They, they're not. They're not. No. It's fine. They're not. No, they no. They're they're gonna collapse like a ninety eight pound year old on the keto diet again. They suck. 
ain't gonna happen. So it's just, uh, it's just interesting that everybody hates them, despite the fact they're not really accomplished. <laughs> so. No, it's it, they have the it's the weirdest reputation. It really is. It's almost like it was astroturfed. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like y'all even they haven't they haven't accomplished anything, and yet they're so hated. And I'm like. But why? You haven't earned that hatred, okay? Well, it's, it's not like in football where people say, oh, God, I hate the Patriots. Well, they earned it. You know, they earned the hatred. They actually go to the Super Bowl and get the rings. But, you know, what have they done? Nothing. No, but I mean, it's, you think about it, it's kind of like the Cowboys. Like, a lot of people hate the Cowboys. Oh, they haven't been to the Super Bowl in quite a while. Yeah, let's not talk about the Cowboys right now. <laughs> I, mean, they, I, don't, uh, I don't want to incur the the wrath of everybody over in Detroit. Jesus, <laughs> yes. they still I had, haven't figured that out. I had absolutely no skin in that game. Yes, I live in Texas. I've never liked the Cowboys. I I I I, I never have. And, and um, even though even though I worked for years in Irving, and lived really close to Valley Ranch where almost every single football player lived. And I had football players coming into my store all the time. I got to meet a lot of them. It was, it was really cool, but I was never a fan. And, uh, that game, I mean, I have, I've, I've never seen, it was, it was the weirdest thing. I never expected that. And I was was just like, Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But what really pissed me off, what I did not understand, why was it that Detroit didn't go for the field goal to tie the game, at least take it into overtime? Oh, you're such a chick. I am a chick, but I'm a logical one. And yes, I understand that let's go for it, you know, all or nothing, you know, type of drive that football players have and coaches have. And yes, I understand it's not my game. I Mr. Vegas, I like to see it. Go for it, especially when they're not but my team, so I, I got no skin in the game, see, so I don't really care what happens to them. So if they go tits also, up as a result of it, so what? But I also see the logic behind tying the game and then starting with an overtime where the game is brand new. You're starting from scratch. Anything can happen. That is a drive as well. That is an all-or-nothing drive as well, Brad. That's why I was like, why didn't you do it? <laughs> I think I like uh, going for the throat when the stakes are the highest. But whatever. <laughs> but here's the thing: they were successful. <laughs> yes. So I'm sorry. I'm laughing at Danielle's <laughs> meme in the chat. It's the the cat and the screaming woman meme, and the screaming women are the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, and the cat is saying, "Not without tickets." <laughs> I like the one Mary put up with the star. That's not the logo. That's their rating. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love you guys. (laughs) I am definitely going to show this to my my, uh, Dallas Cowboy family members. Because I love I love drama and it's, I can just throw a little Molotov cocktail over there and just leave. <laughs> oh, that's always my method too. Yep, pull the pin, drop the grenade, and get out. 
Yeah. Yep. Back later. Yep. Oh, you guys are still arguing about that? What why? What happened? Who started that? <laughs> <laughs> no idea how these things happen with you people. What's going on? I don't on, know what happened. Man? I have no idea. <laughs> no, but the the whack job aspect of this game is that the referees decided that the Detroit Lions did not announce an eligible lineman on that play. Yeah. Although video replay shows the actual lineman speaking directly to the referee. <laughs> you know, so, like everybody tells me the same thing. If the referee doesn't say it, doesn't say it, it didn't happen. I mean, he's the he's the last call, right? So, but I, that's the thing is, it's he. It's not like he turns around to the crowd and is like seventy five. No, sometimes they do. I don't. I don't understand why they do. Sometimes they don't. Like I've heard them announce it. On the intercom, you know, the PA system. 67 has reported, you know, something like that. Yeah, I think it was. Other times they won't, but they do go to the defense and tell them. And they say, hey, okay, you know, heads up. 67 is not blocking or something like that. I I see both camps and I understand that this, this, you know, there are issues from both camps and, and, and and I get that. And like I said. I'm a novice. I really don't know all of the rules. Yeah, I'm 57 years old and I still don't know. I just enjoy watching the game. But that was just kind of like weird. The whole thing was weird. Although I have to say that my favorite part of that entire game had nothing to do with the game. Oh. Jimmy Johnson was being inducted into the Ring of Honor. I was just going to bring that up. And as you all know, he was coach for four years. For the Dallas Cowboys, and he was famously fired by Jerry Jones. And when I heard that he was going into the Ring of Honors, I was going to be like, oh, holy shit, there's a telenovela that's going to unfold, and I am here for that tea, okay? Well, I think they've, uh, I think they've patched up, haven't they? They, it, okay, so. It's kind of what I would call a social band-aid. I don't think it went deep enough to cover the wound. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Jimmy seemed pretty on board with it. I mean, oh no, wasn't... no, he was very on board with it, and Jerry was very on board with it. And it was all, uh, you know, it was all amicable and everything. And I'm watching the whole thing, but I was waiting for it because one thing that, and this is something that. I heard when I lived in Irving, Jerry Jones did, never liked the fact that Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson would say, how about them Cowboys? He really hated it. He didn't like it. And really? for some reason, yeah, it, 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 well, this was a rumor, you know, and this was something that I, living there, that was a rumor that was going around back then. Um, apparently, because it seemed not classy enough, you know? And so I was like, I was there and I was like, I know he's going to say it. I know he's going to say it. He's got to say it. It is his, that was his thing. And yes, he did. And he said it and everybody cared and everybody was happy and everything was great. And I just, you know, it was kind of cool to see the whole Ring of Honor thing. What killed me was (laughs) Anthony White (laughs) when they were announcing everybody and, and they're all, you know, 
they would announce each member of the Ring of Honor one by one, and they would turn to the crowd and, and wave. And Randy White was just not having anything. He was just talking to whoever. Oh, I think, yeah, he, he was all about Michael Irvin. He, the two of them yes, he kept talking about Michael Irvin. Like, Randy White. And he's like, hang on, I'm in the middle hang of something. Hang on, I'm talking to Michael here. <laughs> and I'm like, I love living in a world where Michael Irving, who was known for his habits... <laughs> and actually got arrested a couple of times is actually in the ring of honor but you know neither here nor there but so i that was the main reason why i tuned in i wanted to see the induction and i wanted to see him honor because he was a fantastic coach he really was and when he was fired from dallas i don't think i watched a dallas game for like eight years well you know i did watch miami at the university of miami yeah, I know. I watched Miami. <laughs> Same with Michael Irvin in National Championships galore. You know. Yeah, whatever. For the, for the helmet I've got here next to me. Hmm, what helmet is that? That would be the U. <laughs> no, we love him down here. It was, uh, you know, he, he rebuilt the mantle that uh, they started. In the early 80s. Did I did I ever tell you my story about Michael Irving coming into my store? No, I don't think so. I thought it was a pimp. I'm not even kidding. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where I like I said, where I worked, I would get a they, you know, the cowboys would come into the mall all the time. And, you know, I got to meet Troy Aikman. I got to meet Emmett Smith was one of the sweetest men I've ever met. He was just amazing. I got to meet, um, oh, God, there were so many. And it wasn't just the Cowboys. I got to meet Texas Rangers. I got to meet Mavericks. I got to meet uh, Stars. I got to meet quite a lot from the franchises there. Mike but Madonna? Michael, huh? Mike Madonna? No, I never met him. Red Hole? Nope. That's all I got. Nope. I, I, nope. Sorry. So, uh, but Michael Irving came into my store and I swear to God, I almost called security because I thought there was a pimp in my store. He was wearing a full length (laughs) fur coat and the hat. And when I say the hat, you know what I'm talking about? The zoot suit hat. Okay. And it was white. It was all white. He was even wearing white shoes. Everything was white. And he comes in to the store, you know, and he wanted to buy, you know, I, I was working at uh, Suncoast and we sold videos. And so he wanted to buy some movies. <laughs> and I'm going, mm-hmm. I need to call security. I can't have a pimp in my store. So what can I get for you? Superfly, car <laughs> wash, He even had a cane. I kid you not. He had a cane. <laughs> I was dying. But, you know, he also had security with him, escorting him. So I figured, well, I, I guess I can't call because he has yes. his own security. So I, I guess he's got to be some, some, somebody well-known. I didn't know who he was. And, and you have to understand, it's really funny because that's why the football players felt comfortable going on outside. Most people saw them on football days when they're in full gear and they're wearing helmets. So... A lot of people never, this was before social media, so a lot of people didn't see them. On There was no social media to see them wearing regular clothes or whatever. So I had no idea who he was until he introduced himself. 
and told me what he was looking for. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I got, I got you. And went. And he actually wanted my, what was it he was looking for? A couple of movies. One of them was Action Jackson. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's like, I got to give props. There we go. Guy, okay. You know, right? I got to give props. But, oh, my God, seriously, that day I was kind of like on alert because I thought there was a pimp in my store. And it was Michael Irvin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, bit audacious back in the he day. He was. And you know what? And it was amazing to me because that wasn't the only outfit. I mean, you can go and look back at... Um, I'm sure he's got a... Uh, everything. I wonder how much of that stuff he's retained. Oh, I'm sure he's gotten rid of a lot of it. I mean, like, if you go to his house now, does he have the fur coat? Come on. He may have kept one. He may have kept one. And, you know, honestly, I would have kept one. (laughs) I mean, this guy's got to have a ferry or somewhere, right? He's probably got to have a a vault of... Actually, if I recall correctly, he showed up wearing one of his fur coats when he was a sports commentator. And he actually said he does have a preferred furrier in Dallas that mm-hmm. he, that he you know that stores his furs and all that stuff. And I'm going, I mean, I gotta give the guy props. He had abs. He was fearless when it came to passion. So I you know, props to him. But you know, he you know that came with um, that came with a big penalty. I mean, he he did get. You know, caught for the drug thing and the, you know, that kind of thing. So, but in the, I'm hoping that he has navigated past all that and has become yeah. a, a better citizen. And, he's know. grown up now that he's in his. I, I really do. I really hope that he has. Yeah, I do. But, but, you know, and I, and I, I was kind of disappointed when I saw him there and I was like, oh, damn it. He's wearing the jacket, not the fur. I really wanted the fur. Well, they play indoors. <laughs> Yeah, but that never stopped him. Oh, did I mention? Uh, it was not that cold outside when he was wearing the fur. I think it was maybe 50. So, yeah, he did it for show. <laughs> of course he did. Come on. But see, it's like, I... Oh, my God, there he is in the black fur. Yeah, that works. <laughs> but see, that one I could probably pull off. The, the louder colors, not so much. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give him this. It wasn't that the colors were loud because he actually did not like dyed fur. He wanted, you know, he'd had the, the white one that he had was ermine. So it was naturally white. And he had, he had a you pay extra um, for those albinos. He had sable and then he had a sable and mink combination for the stripes. And I think that black one, I don't know what that one is, but <clears throat> it's probably a black mink. Could be beaver. So, <coughs> excuse me, but yeah, he was a he was a fashion icon for a while. I got to give him props for that. But anyway, well, it's kind of yeah. like mine. I've, uh, mine is like seventy five percent polecat. I actually own a mink. Did you know? I did not. I own a mink coat. I got it at an estate sale last day, seventy five percent off, and it fits. I am above. Beyond the moon. <laughs> I think I, I um, $50. <laughs> I, 
I need photos of this one. Oh, I, I, I will. I'll, I'll wear it. I'll, I'll do my hair up and my makeup and everything, and I'll wear it and I'll take a picture and I'll post it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's actually really, really pretty, and it was in immaculate condition. I could not believe it. I actually took it to a friend of mine whose uh, aunt is um, helps to restore vintage clothing. And she was like, I, there's nothing to do with this. This is, this is a perfect condition. It was immaculately flat. And I could not believe that I snagged it for that price. See, it pays to go to estate sales, people. <laughs> then, uh, then, yeah, by all means, enjoy that. Although, although, although it doesn't beat the uh, silk cape, emerald green, that I snagged at a thrift store for $5. I th- that will never beat anything. <laughs> I need, uh, yeah, I'm going to need you to probably do like one of those uh, 80s movies montages. Play some music and have you come out in different fashions all the time. Uh, yeah, like I'll wear my, my 1950s dress with my cape. And together <laughs> spin spin oh my god okay. spin <laughs> okay put the code on nothing's gonna stop us now. oh my goodness i love that movie mannequin was so cute and so realistic oh yes totally based on real <laughs> events <laughs> hey speaking of real events segue latin yeah good job <laughs> I've um if you want to go check out my stuff like I was talking about Grammarly, holy crap. I got my numbers back. 107,000 words I wrote last week. That even shocked That's me. Incredible. And I think that'll be eclipsed in the coming week because that was my total interspersed with all the holidays and stuff. I wasn't even like in third gear when I was doing that, but the ones I had are like, you know, full of content and crap. So now I'm doing, I'm compiling and spitting out all my year end listing. So if you head over to uh, red state and or town hall, because in the coming week, my town hall stuff will be in front of the VIP. I'm going to be doing my year end list for the media. First one went up today, I believe red state as well. So I've got a lot of crap I'm belching out regarding 2023, but because I love you so much, Haggy, because you're so dear and close to my heart. <laughs> I say, <laughs> why are we clapping? I'm trying. I'm opening myself up to you here, and I get laughed. Oh, I mean, I'm this sorry. Is like, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I need a moment. Fan yourself. No, I, my drink was over there. I oh, okay. It. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I saved some material on the side for us. Because in the um, in the course of me, you know, going through all my monthly rendition of the thing, I did media, I also did the news, and I did some of the, you know, social media stuff, and I included the other things that were uh, going on. Save some um, stories that didn't quite fit out. I'm going to say these are kind of the off-the-front-page news events, let's say. You know, the things that uh, you may or may not remember, but they were notable at least for a period of time this year. 
start off with a couple that are kind of grounded in our show here. I think we talked about this one. Jack Daniels. Uh huh. Was in the Supreme Court. I mean. Now, this of itself, of course, you know, that comes across my transom. You've got Brad's attention. Wait, Jack Daniels got a Supreme Court case? <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. I'm going to read that. Click. You've got your. <laughs> um, they were suing a company that manufactures dog toys. I cannot. Why would you do that? <laughs> The um, the company basically produces a line of toys for dogs, you know, chew toys or, you know, fetch toys that are themed more for the owner. So they have them in the shape of like a beer bottle, a tequila bottle. And one of them is, yes, very emblematic of the Jack Daniels bottle. Square shape, black label. And a play on words, you know, it, it had like a fecal dog themed name to it and such. And the Jack Daniels company took exception because, as they say, this could have caused confusion between their product and this one. Freaking lawyers, man, I tell you. Mm hmm. <laughs> so not only did they sue over this this case went all the way up to the supreme court because like the dog toy company is you know arguing on behalf of satire and parody you know, they said that that's what we're doing is you know we're kind of making fun of it in a playful manner we're not trying to steal business from them or anything like that and that's why it kept advancing because you know one court would go one way the other court would go the other way all right shut up let's just send it to the supremes and let them make a final ruling on it and in june they've sided with you feel the tension i am i'm like in tender hooks here <clears throat> jack daniels won the case get out so if you happen to be in possession of a dog chew toy that's currently in the shape of a Jack Daniels bottle, head over to eBay. You could probably get 45 bucks for it today. They're no longer on the market, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Um, not the only one, however. Not the only liquor that was in a uh, court. There was a dispute earlier in the year where the makers of Fireball Whiskey were taken to court for false advertising. Okay. All right. What was the false advertisement? Because, I mean, when you look at a Fireball Whiskey bottle, you're like, okay, cinnamon-flavored whiskey, depending right. on well, where you're at. The um yeah, the, the false advertising is based on what was accurately printed on the label because it turns out there's two versions of this product on the marketplace. Right. And if you are a savvy imbiber, as you and I both are. And can should... read labels. <laughs> I Thank you for the assumption. I appreciate that. The, uh, the, the way you have to approach things is looking at what type of establishment you're in, i.e. grocery store, convenience store. You're not purchasing liquor. 
these establishments Correct. do not have a corresponding license to sell the hard liquor, but they do for beer and wine. And there's an adjunct marketplace for malt beverages. That's because malt is derived from beer products. Yeah, exactly. The liquor, the the alcohol content they get derives from that, and the content is always at like a 15% threshold or such, depending on your state and all that. But Fireball makes a product to be sold in those stores made from malt, not whiskey, as indicated on the label and also as indicated by the alcohol content on said label. Again, going to your point, read. Even if you're not a savvy drinker, hey, I can't believe they're selling Fireball at a grocery store. That should maybe take a flag up or two in the head, right? It's like, wait, how are they getting away with this? Let me look at the label and get some answers. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> so they're suing because they thought they were actually getting the whiskey. And they had their impulse buy at the food line or wherever the hell else they were shopping. I'm amazed by this. They can't read the label on a bottle, but somehow they can climb through a search engine and find the phone number for a lawyer to that's, pick off such a lawsuit. That is, that's the main issue. And I'm like, this, it's, it's on you. You didn't read. And there's such a thing as due diligence whenever, you know, whatever happened to caveat emptor? That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't speak that language. Buyer, beware. Whatever happened to that? That's, uh, no, not anymore. Here's the thing, though. Not the dumbest product lawsuit I've come across. My God, there's more. Oh, yes. Hey, I'm... Do you want batshit crazy makes no sense news stories? Maybe I'm your source. <laughs> we just uh, recently experienced the Halloween season, did we not? Yes. Well, not recently. I guess three months ago. It's recent. Quarter year ago. Okay. Oh. Two two months ago. We're only segueing now into winter. It's a fall holiday. It's still fresh on the Look, I am still kind of vague on the whole Halloween thing because the Christmas movie started October 1st. Get, cut me some slack. <laughs> hey. Although well, today was the first day we went back to regular programming and I've never been so happy in my life. <laughs> yeah, we were actually out the other day and, you know, here in my house, there's been, I think, 10 channels of Christmas on the satellite. Mercifully taken down from the parabolic airwaves after Christmas, except she found an app on the phone with Sirius that she can bounce on that it said we're still listening to that stuff. Anyway, flashing back to uh, Halloween, people may have enjoyed the Reese's Halloween offering. Do you re remember seeing any of the uh, pumpkin-shaped Reese's? I saw the Reese's that were shaped like little pumpkins and everything. I mean, they yeah. do that every year. They have the little Christmas tree. They have the pumpkin. They have um, Easter egg. They have the Easter egg. 
Yeah, they pretty um, much repurpose for any of the holidays. In fact, I think I think they have the hearts too, don't they? I think they hold over the Christmas trees because I've seen them at Arbor Day. That's you serious? I gotta check the <laughs> Russian estate on those things. It's like, wait, this good? This one? But and this is a Florida man story. Florida individual is suing the candy maker of Reese's because of false advertising. This I can't believe, um, but that's just a thing. If you look what? on the label of your jack-o'-lantern Reese's, you'll see the triangle eyes and mouth in the chocolate. And yet when I unwrapped it, there was no face on my candy. They literally were suing because there wasn't a jack-o'-lantern face on their jack-o'-lantern Reese's peanut butter cups. Is that really important? You're going to digest the damn thing. I don't understand why it has to have a face. As a matter of fact, isn't it better when it doesn't look at you as you're consuming it? Exactly. It's like, I mean, what kind of sociopath are you? you I, the- this is why I don't buy those little chocolate bunnies and the chocolate Santas. They're looking at me. I don't want to eat that. It's like, what do you want, bath salts? Why do you want to eat somebody's face? That's a Florida thing. Well, it's a Florida lawsuit. Okay, now it makes sense. I mean, if I was the Reese's people, too, I would argue that, you know, maybe they're getting more product because they weren't removing chocolate in order to make the face in the product. That'd be... I did see it. I saw another one where... um, this is this is just some genius lawyering going on. A couple of guys got busted for uh, for theft of a Kohl's department store. You know, just stole a bunch of product. I guess it amounted like fifteen hundred bucks or something. The lawyer was trying to plead the charges down because he was saying most of the products they stole were on sale, and therefore the theft should be downgraded in price. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Having worked retail, <laughs> that's not the way it works. <laughs> um, Your Honor, you, is a five-year sentence should be pled down to three years because um, although my, my client I, had coupons, I you I gotta give them props because they do actually have a point. This was one of the sticking points that I absolutely loathed when I worked for Disney. They could have a clearance section. And they could have everything there, clearance price, and then have a sale for 50% off the items. And if somebody actually shoplifted, the price of the item that they shoplifted was always the original price of the item. And it was a sticking point with me. I, I think that was the one thing that I actually fought the original director with because I felt it was, it was not right. If you are discounting something, then that's the value of the item that has been stolen. It's not the original price. It's not the the MSRP, and 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 that no that goes out the window because you've already made plans to actually. The reason you put things on sale is because they're not moving. They're not moving, and you need to get rid of those things in order to bring in the new merchandise. It's it's standard procedure, so I can actually understand where the lawyer is coming from 
in a way. I I, I got to give him props for trying. Oh, hell yeah. It, it, you know, I, I you thought know. that was um, inspired. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh-uh, she didn't, she didn't steal, you know, he or she didn't steal $500 worth of merchandise. All this shit was on Markdown. So you got to give me the Markdown price and go from there. And I, I can totally see, I mean, that's, that's a good defense lawyer, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> exactly. This guy's at least getting his money's worth. Yeah, well, indeed. If, um, if anybody is sick and tired of politics here, I might recommend moving to Sweden. Because it, it seems to me there, at least, the level of political intolerance is a lot different. Because let's just face it, we are... You know, we're a country with our political scandals involve a dumbass mm-hmm. pulling a fire alarm in order to try to skirt legislation. Oh, and, you know, small matter of a senatorial aide having gay sex in the Senate chambers and plastering that all over the Internet. You know, I mean, these kind of things. Sweden has a very high official in a scandal where they're calling for his resignation to step down. Sweden. Sweden. Because he was caught fishing for eels illegally. First of all, I didn't think you could fish for those. But second of all, how is it illegal to fish for eels? Am I missing something? It was either a protected species or the method you there's something like they they're saying he should have known better. <laughs> uh well, first of all, yeah, you should know better because that shit is ugly to eat. <laughs> but that's I mean I'm I don't I, I like dude, I, I had to admit. I had I had to eat lamprey for school once and I I cannot tell you how disgusting that stuff was. I cannot express how disgusting lamprey was. So I can only imagine how bad eel tastes. But, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, if you grew up eating it, I guess it's okay. Um, I just, but why when there's fish? <laughs> what it is, this was, this was one of the top aides to Sweden's prime minister. He went eel fishing without a license. And then when he got challenged with it, he lied about it twice. Oh, okay. And the prime minister still promoted him to his position despite this scar on his record. Mm. I, I, yeah, that's that's what gets you kicked out of politics in Sweden. (laughs) You fish for eels, and now you're out of politics. Well, love it. Um, I hope he writes a book because that whole. That's a telenovela waiting to be told. I don't know. That'd be that'd be a tough one to write, actually. You gotta make getting busted eel fishing sound compelling for an audience. You better have a real good orchestra backing you up on that soundtrack. And <laughs> I just <laughs> Oh God, what a memory. Ugh. I can't well, do that. I had to crack up at this one. Um, BBS had a documentary about the Monopoly board game. 
Okay. How bad could that possibly go? Oh, this is poisoning the minds of America because the game was designed actually. I don't know if she was a communist, but had those kind of leanings. Basically, this was supposed to be a board game that delivered a lesson about the evils of rent control, capitalism, property barons, that sort of thing. And it has morphed into this pro-capitalism popular board game these days. What? (laughs) Looking into the history of the game of Monopoly, it's like I, I, I saw like a the only reason I even watched it was because I saw like a synopsis of it. It was like it, the dark, sordid history of Monopoly. It's like, oh shit, these people are going to go there, aren't they? I got to watch this train wreck. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't and there were like all these various iterations and it came a be. And then in the 70s, some counterculture hippie professor, I think out of San Francisco probably, actually developed a communist version of Monopoly. Like, to counter. Account, I, it, but it... How? <laughs> I can tell the you right now, if I played... Monopoly is to make money. If I played his game, I would win every single time. Because I'd land on a property and come, fuck you, I'm squatting. I'm not rolling dice, I'm staying right here. I live That's here true. now. You would break them. This is mine. <laughs> yeah, see, I never understood this because uh, every time that I've, and I, I, I'm not a financial wizard by any stretch of the imagination, but whenever I would play with my sisters, they hated it because the very first thing that I would try to do was get the cheapest real estate, and as soon as I had both the very first two. I would start saving up to buy houses. And as soon mm-hmm. as I had four houses on each, I would trade them in for hotels. And they hated me for that. And I'm like, this is the fucking point of the game, okay? <laughs> to get a monopoly on your real estate. That's why it's called literally monopoly. <laughs> they were all like, no, you're supposed to get one of every color. I'm like, this isn't a fucking rainbow. This is monopoly. <laughs> It drove them crazy. <laughs> they don't play with that game with me anymore. I can't imagine why. But anyway, go on. Yeah, I haven't played that in a long time. There's a you always got to square the rules out too, because I knew there were some people. I anything that was tax wouldn't go in the bank; it would go in the middle. And then if you landed on free parking, you won. Yeah, I remember doing that too, but I'm like, I didn't think that was a rule. That was something that friends of mine no, did, but it's not a rule. Yeah, that was added in. That was like, like no, it's just like the lottery. It's like okay, but how many but lottery then tickets? Then call it did a lottery buy? and put it in a lottery thing. But no, that's not a lottery. You know, I I didn't like playing that because that wasn't that wasn't part of the actual rules of the game. But you know, whenever I was over at my girlfriend's house or whatever, and they were playing, then you know, fine, whatever, it's your game. But speaking of capitalism mm-hmm. and um, also communist, I guess, for that matter, the um, the crossing of those streams is something that always fascinates me. You know, because the communists in America 
crack me up. Just the fact that they exist. Because the only reason they do exist is because of capitalism. There's no way for, you know, basically you have kids going to college singing the praises of communism because their dad, who's a capitalist, can afford $35,000 a year for them to go to Ivy League schools. You know, it's just. Right. So basically your dad's shelling out his retirement for you to listen to some Birkenstock wearing professor telling you how rotten capitalism is from a capitalist society. Anyway. <laughs> um, I think one of the most hilarious examples you could possibly come up with is something that sounds like it comes from the Babylon Bee, but no, this actually existed in Toronto. A guy had a anti-capitalist coffee shop. <laughs> I hope you picked up on the word had. Had. In the pre- <laughs> Because guess what? It didn't cut it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you and I both remember there was a an eatery in, uh, what was it, San Francisco that was, you know, pay whatever you can or whatever, and it folded. So. Yeah, that that was a, that was a case where I think it was, um, and it was like a communal community eatery or something. It's like, you know, if you can't afford it, if you, get, if you can't afford it, though, you know, it's like pay it forward and you can support the other people who can't afford as much. And Okay, great. You can operate your business way. The employees screwed that deal. Because they started to organize and they wanted to get paid more. And they wanted to be basically it was unsustainable because of the workers. It's amazing Which, to me. In and of itself, no, is kind really. of a microcosm of communism. Because it's, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, what's their adage? To everybody by their needs, from everybody yeah. by their means, or something. Yeah, except. Yeah. People don't work harder to not get rewarded, is the way that law comes to be. You know, you're. You work overtime in America because you get time and a half. There's an incentive to it. You know, you're there's a benefit to working more. And in communism, you could sit on your ass and not do your job and nothing changes, <laughs> including your job status. So yeah, the the anti-capitalist cafe, surprisingly enough, did not last a year. No, it did not. Where's <laughs> the pity? Not really. I understand he, the, what they were trying to do, but... Do you? Because this is what cracks me up. In explaining why the shop is closing, get this. I, I, again, this is why I love this crap so much. The The owner explained that the reason he's closing is a lack of generational wealth slash seed capital. Wait. Make that make sense, please, because my brain cannot can't have what? Yeah. And <laughs> he said this that the lack of seed capital was coming from ethically bankrupt sources. I'll translate this for you. Uh those rich sons of bitches didn't want to give me free money. 
Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I, you can also get a sense of the um, the lack of foot traffic this place might have generated. Get a sense of this ambiance. Um, you know, they did the same thing. They offered a pay what you can price. Um, you know, and then there were other, they varied pricing on other items to kind of compensate for the lost revenue that, which is kind of a capitalist practice. Basically what you're dealing with there is a loss leader pricing system, you know, get something dirt cheap, get people in the door and then they'll buy the other stuff. Also allowed the public to use the restroom and hang out in the storefront without making a purchase. Mm, yeah, that's going to, that's going to damage. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want to go to the Vagrant Cafe. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. You know, it, we'll get lucky and it'll be, uh, you know, shower night the day before. <laughs> It's funny because I'm remembering my grandmother, God rest her soul. She had a little cottage industry going. She she was a fabulous cook. And so she made um, pasteles, which are the Puerto Rican version of tamales. Instead of corn husks, we use plantain uh, leaves. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, she would make those. And she would set the prices. Now, this is a woman that came from, she was beyond dirt poor. She was rock poor. They couldn't even grow stuff where she was at. Okay, so um, she married at 15. That was the only way out for her. And um, it was, you know, my grandfather eked out of, you know, a living with farm animals and then eventually got a coffee plantation. And that's how they made you know, they're living, but um, she would make pasteles and she would make um, arroz con pollo. She would make all sorts of stuff and coquito, which is a different one that my mom makes, by the way. But we don't know what was in it. And the recipe is lost to time. Sorry to say. And she would sell all that. But she also understood that there were going to be people that could not afford it. So she had a backdoor policy. At her house, there were two doors. There was the front door, and then there was the side door into the area where you would normally park your car. If you came to that side door to buy, it meant that you could not afford her prices. So she had a different pricing for people that came to that door. And there was, you know, the only access to that door was actually from, like, the alley. So she knew that whoever was coming from the alley was somebody that did not have a lot of money. And so um, that, you know, she would actually help people that could not afford it otherwise. And she would actually cut them, you know, uh, cut them a better price. On, on the stuff. Now, there was one thing that she sold and she was hard and fast about her price. And that was a confection that she made <coughs> that was called Limben. And that was hard and fast. Regardless of where you were at in the in the lottery of, of wealth, you still paid 25 cents per. It didn't matter. 
but as far as actual food, you know, she did have two prices. Nobody knew about this except for some of us that helped her with the stuff. You know, and that was, but that was her thing. And the thing is, even the people that came to the door didn't know. Because the people that always came to the front door were the people that drove up, had cars, you know, or, you know, lived in that area in nice houses that, you know, blah, blah, blah. The people that came from the alley were the ones that would walk into town every day. So she knew that those people wouldn't have any money. And that's why she cut them some slack. But it was it was just all in her head. It was it was not she never advertised it that way. She never we we were in on it because we were there helping her, but that was it. So I can see where sometimes you would have two different prices. And that was even actually part of the um it didn't make it into the movie, but remember the movie Fried Green Tomatoes? Oh, vaguely. Okay, so um, there was a there was a scene where Iggy, who's running the new um, diner, is being scolded by her friend, you know, because she was selling to the Negroes. And she's like, oh, please, whatever. And she rolls her eyes and she talks to her, you know, girlfriend. She, they look at each other like, OK, so let's make it fair. So. Because the blacks had to come from the back to buy stuff, they knocked down the prices for the blacks so they made it fair so i you know so i i, I kind of get that whole vibe you know that kind of thing but this guy did it wrong this guy said pay whatever you can well i'm sorry you don't know human nature if you're gonna say pay what you can you don't know human nature if you say you can hang out you can use the restroom it doesn't matter you don't know human nature if you're doing it this way you're living in a fantasy world well, I believe what's best in the heart of men. No. <laughs> That's you no. not getting human nature. <laughs> you don't get human nature at all. My God. I mean, read the Bible sometime if you want a course on human nature. You don't have to be a believer, but you can learn a lot about human nature on that alone. You know? This I also is, enjoyed this. He, um, he also said that his store carried a selection of radical books, art, Pins, T-shirts, and more. Get this for sale. Wait, he was selling. <laughs> so <laughs> anti-capitalist is really more of just like a sign. It wasn't really a practice. Got it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I probably maybe was leaning a little too heavy on DC, but because there was a different scandal that uh, came across the boards. This from the Washington Post. They broke the story that when Joe Biden and Jill Biden go out to a restaurant together, mm-hmm. hope everybody's sitting properly for this. I don't want you to your driving pull over. They order the same dish. You know, based on that alone, I would never vote for these people, regardless of their politics. I don't care. The whole purpose. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you're not even going to be adventurous enough. Why would you do that? Oh, Look, I don't. Now, I'm fully convinced Joe Biden is a guy that goes out to a restaurant and orders noodles and red sauce. 
Okay, this is not somebody <laughs> with a nuanced palette, if you know what I mean. But I just love the fact that Washington Post was presenting this. So the president and first lady go out to dine. You will not believe what they order. Now, I, you know, it's like, look, look, you're right. Oh my gosh. What did they possibly order? Is it rhinoceros steaks? Are they having somebody imported? Are they having human flesh? What? They ordered the same dish at the same time at the same table. Isn't that funny? Why is it even news? Why do you have I a understand. job? At the, well, they probably don't anymore because the Washington Post is losing its ass. Hundred million. The Washington Post last year lost. Wow. See, I Jeff remember... Bezos paid two hundred million for the paper ten years ago. <laughs> That's pathetic. And all he needs to do is just tweak it a little bit higher. Some people and actually say, hey, do some damn, you know, actual journalism. And if he would revive the paper, he doesn't have to do much. Maybe. But it's too much Maybe. for him to do, apparently. But, you know, I remember back in, <coughs> excuse me, back in the 80s when glasnost was a thing and everything. And we had, uh, we being certain American newspapers had offices in Leningrad and Moscow and, um, you know, behind the Iron Curtain and everything. All they could report on was what was being served at state dinners, what the premier was wearing, you know, that's all they could actually report on. And that's kind of what this smacks of, you know? It's giving me that same vibe that that's well, all they're reporting on, what they're yeah. eating, what they're wearing, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not news. Well, this is how, you know, the same thing happened during the Obama administration. Oh, my gosh. It was a scandal free presidency. Well, yeah, because, because y'all you never covered it. <laughs> not reporting on it doesn't make it scandal free. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Scandal oblivious presidency, maybe. But I bet, you they're know, doing I, the I, same I, thing here. This is this is a group of people, the journalists, that have insisted for three years now. There's no evidence. There's no evidence of corruption with Joe Biden. There's no evidence. And the GOP investigation has come up with mountains of evidence that have contradicted what Joe Biden's been saying for years. I never spoke to my son about his business dealings. We've got transcripts. Well, we never talked about it officially. We and I never talked to his business partners. Here's you on tape talking to his business partners. But I, but I didn't. Every step of the way, they come up with something. New. Well, okay, but there's no checks. There's no money trail leading directly to Joe Biden. Uh, we got a signature here on these promissory notes for you. Okay, yeah, but that was for a truck. That wasn't for. He said he never got money from his son's slush fund. We got money from the slush fund going to Joe. You're misrepresenting. There's no evidence. I mean, this is what the press is doing anymore. It just cracks me up to watch them do this. Well, you know, this is one of my preferred sayings, and I have said it a couple of times today, actually. The fourth estate has become the fifth column. And I actually have to explain to somebody what the fifth column was. Because it's not a term that you hear nowadays. But it was a term that you heard a lot back in the 80s. And you heard a lot during the Korean War, during World War II, during World War I. You heard that term a lot, the fifth column. And so I was explaining to 
I forget who, what the fifth column, I think it was Stacey D, Mama Five, what fifth column meant and why it was dangerous. And, you know, she was like, holy crap, that's exactly what they are. I said, I've been saying it for a very long time. And this is proof of it. When they report on our president and his wife ordering the same dish when they go out to eat, that is not news. That is obfuscation. When they try to cover up all of these things that are coming out, I can't wait to see what happens with the Epstein client list. We have a woman (laughs) that's literally serving 20 years for trafficking no one. Trafficking children to no one. And I'm like, how does that work? Make it make sense in my head because it just makes absolutely no sense. Why is she in jail? And now that they're preparing, I guess, to release the list, I'm pretty sure the list is going to hang itself, like the Babylon Bee said. Yeah, that was a good one. But, I mean, you find it pretty telling when the Democrats are actually fighting to keep this from getting out. Why? You know, and, and it, like, it's, where, it's, when have I, you seen a time when they don't want this kind of information getting out unless their name is on the list? You remember when Ricky Gervais did his last stint on the Golden Globes and his, I think he had an eight minute monologue. Mm-hmm. And he brought up Epstein. He's like, he's your friend. And the cameras were panning around. And I saw those faces. Oh, they, they were uncomfortable reactions. Very uncomfortable. There were some people that were laughing their asses off, and you knew that they were in the clear. But mm-hmm. the ones that were not laughing, the ones that were like looking down and looking around and like, oh my God, what is he saying? Those were the ones I was watching. Ooh, and it was oh very gosh, you went there. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, Cringe. and it was, it's like, you know, damn, it, that's it, guilt right there. <laughs> and, 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 you know, a lot of things. Yeah, it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and it's, it's out there and everything. But, you know, what? we're 42 to zero on the conspiracy theories at this point. So I'm like, OK, if I wanted to make sense. I, I have to I have to I have to make it a conspiracy theory because that's the way it makes sense. I mean why would you become suddenly without any, you know, just out of the blue, become a Greek citizen after Epstein was arrested? And suddenly you would clear your entire Twitter history. And start brand new. Things like that just kind of don't make sense alone. But when you start piecing them together, you're like, maybe they are connected. Maybe there is something going on. It's not even conspiracy theory. Because I remember clearly when the Weinstein scandal was breaking, you know, coming out. Now, I've always been after Weinstein, not for the sex stuff. Just his business practice, the way he operated behind the scenes and stuff. He was just rapacious about everything so mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> he's sleeping with the help as well casting couch oh, okay, yeah it, that's already lodged in my mind as an please. assumed entity so you're not shocking me but when it first came out when it first hit the news there were people in hollywood that came out like almost shrugging they were like uh, well yeah that's like an open we, we all know that yeah he's been doing that for years and then people 
started to say, wait a second, what? And they're like, oh, shit, what did I say? <laughs> and you didn't hear that anymore. But like the first day or two. Oh, yeah, that's an open secret in Hollywood, what he's been doing. Oh, God. You know, the, one of the latest things that's been going on with Trump, this is somewhat related, is that there is a movement to remove his star from the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, there have been people that go out with pickaxes on a regular basis oh, yeah, to destroy yeah. it. But you know what? If I were Trump, I would demand that my star be removed. I would not want to be associated with Hollywood anymore. That place is a cesspool. That place is rotten to the core. Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of Trump by any stretch of the imagination. But I can honestly say, if I were Trump, yeah, remove it, please. Well, little known fact is you have to actually pay to have your star there. But yeah, yeah you have to, you know, you actually have to petition to have it removed. So, and I would. Because I don't want to be, I wouldn't want to be associated with those pedophiles and those, you know, jerks and those horrible, horrible misogynistic pigs. Why would I? Definitely. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Remove his star. And I hope that he actually goes through and says, yeah, remove my star. I do not belong with those people. Oh, yeah. Always the way to go. All right. Let's hit a couple real quick ones because we're over our limit already. How about that? But. I know, but I, you know me, I talk a lot. <laughs> I mean, this is this is news to me. <laughs> you be quiet. <laughs> oh, hablo mucho. Sí, sí, yo hablo mucho porque soy puertorriqueña. Yo sé, yo sé. Come okay, on. see, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, um, <laughs> CNN had a novel idea for the environment. You know, we always talk about how, you know, they push for solar vehicles. It's like, yeah, but what about long haul trucks? What about freighters? They don't run on the sun. But CNN came up with a novel idea to help reduce the greenhouse emissions from the freight ships coming from the Orient over to California, for instance. They can come up with a, a, a parasail system in which a very immense oil can be dispatched that will actually capture oceanic trade winds and help pull along the ship and reduce its need for fuel-driven locomotion on the waterways, you see. And this can reduce greenhouse emissions by 10 to 20% in some cases. So CNN just invented sailboats. <laughs> this is how I'm reading this. Like they they did everything except actually use the word sail in their description of things. As this is dispatched and captures and then pull it along and as a propeller sailboat. You just described a sailboat, you jackasses. <laughs> I, I so love that whole trend, that trend that of the rediscovery of the reinvention of actual stuff that has been around for decades, yeah, centuries, sure. millennia. Okay. <laughs> well, this this is what happens when like you know Gen Z gets online or something. They they discover something for the first. See, nobody's ever seen this before. I've got a life hack. You've been eating bananas wrong. No, I haven't. 
I've been able to consume every single banana. Not a vegetarian efficiently because if you peel from the bottom and actually peel, I've never had a problem peeling a banana. I'm sorry. Like I'm not sitting there flummoxed in the kitchen. Well, what do I do? It's like got stuff on it. It's like I want to punch them in the neck when they come up with this crap. We have a new a new way of organizing your day-to-day activities. We call it time blocking, where you, you can use an organizational chart that lines up the days in a numerical fashion, and you can, on an hourly basis, or... I've seen a calendar before. Thank you. Thank you. Makes these discoveries, sons of bitches. All right. You, you got me going down these side ventures, man. Get me upset. Um, there was a nice little vacation taken down in South Florida this year. The mayor of Tampa Bay, Florida. She's a lesbian, by the way. Not that it matters to anything. I just wanted to throw that out there because trivia. She went offshore fishing and caught for herself. Um, I would some can charitably call a white whale of sorts. She caught a bale of cocaine. Uh, I'm sorry. What? No idea what kind of bait you use for that, but yeah, she um, hooked on something heavy and was bringing it in, and then uh, yeah, a monstrous bale of coke was plucked from the ocean. <laughs> huh. So. Tomorrow, I'm going to Outdoor World. It's a new gear, because apparently I'm doing something wrong here. Yeah, I want to get that square group, or what you got for that? What, what do you use, the treble hook? or Got to get one of them. Did you know in Mexico, Parliament, the, the Congress in Mexico had aliens? Oh, yeah. Like actual, actually, they they had some some guy came in with what he called corpses of aliens from space. Yeah, like a wrecked or something. I don't even, couldn't even read through this story. I was just, this happened in their parliament? What? Like... Listen, I I can honestly tell you that's one of the more normal things I've ever seen in the Mexican parliament. (laughs) I'm just saying. There have been there have been reported gunfights, there have been reported fistfights, there have been reported somebody came at somebody with a whip once. I'm not even kidding. This was back in the eighties. Um seriously, they do not take their parliament seriously. Did they shoot an OnlyFans video for their gay clientele in the chambers, however? That is a line they have never crossed. I I am (laughs) proud to say about Mexico, they have never crossed that line. I swear, the I I keep flashing back to when Joe Biden won the election and all we were hammered with from the media. They're going to bring class and dignity back to Washington. So we got gay sex in the Senate hearing room. They found cocaine in the White House. We've had a trans influencer flashing tits on the Rose Garden lawn. Hunter Biden camps out there on a regular basis. I mean, 
what like how does nobody in the press I guess you got to have like some kind of operation where you get just like shame expunged from your system some fashion. Like, is there a some kind of thyroid operation they could perform or something? I swear, it's like Matt Visor over at the Washington Post. This guy, holy crap, he's got to be filleting somebody in the Biden family. The way this guy is as shameless as they come, where with just fawning coverage and what joe biden's going through the turmoil he's feeling as a result of his son's addiction and the horrors he's had to endure like these people always for it cracks me up oh yeah look at you coming down on Hunter. he was addicted wait uh, that's an excuse now how does that work what you don't understand is he was in hardcore addiction. He was in the throes of addiction, and you're coming down on the man. The guy threw a gun in a garbage can outside of a high school. Isn't that bad? I'm thought seems like it's bad. He was addicted. Oh. Okay. Um, skirted out on a couple million in taxes because he was throwing all his money at hookers and blow. He was addicted. What are you missing here? I don't understand that. Like, am I off the hook now for anything if I just say, oh, I'm, I'm addicted? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that sometime. Please, 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 don't judge me. I am addicted. Wow, what, what, what are you fighting? It's, well, Cinnabon, but still. <laughs> it's an addiction. I'm working through it, so you can't condemn me for anything I do as a result of my addiction. You understand. Back the F off. I need my cinnamon. Just kills me. I love this stuff. Um, let's I gotta see. say, the, Cinnabon has, you know, I mean, that was one of the worst parts about working at Suncoast. Cinnabon was right next door. Oh, yeah. Smell that all day long. Huh? <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it's like a siren aroma. I get you. Mm-hmm. Well, two last quick ones, Rule. Uh, they erected a wax statue for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. What? And, and scandal erupted because his statue was too white. His 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 wax statue was too pale, and it, it was, I guess, racist. Didn't the guy Hawaiian Samoan? Yes, I did not know that was like qualified. So they had to go back and adjust his statue for the proper hue. <laughs> okay. That is so ridiculous. Make it bronze. Know. Everybody's bronze. Bronze is a good color. I, I figured that would have been something maybe you would float by them ahead of time. It's like, hey, what do you guys think before we put this on display? <laughs> but here's the thing. I did, you know, maybe maybe it's just meant how when you ever whenever you see a statue, it's either made out of most of the time two different things: marble or bronze. Those are usually the typical things that most sculptors use um, for their medium. Yes, they use clay, but most of the time clay is done as a precursor to casting a mold, as in. Um, like like uh, the uh, 
the raising of the flag over Iwo Jima, that particular bronze, the cast is actually, there, there's two. A lot of people don't know that. One is the original and the other one is the cast. And the cast is actually at the Mil Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas. So uh, I've seen both. I'm, I'm actually very proud of that fact. But <clears throat> you, you have those two mediums that are the most popular. I, why couldn't you just pick one that's already like leaning towards the color of the person? <laughs> I get it. I mean, we have we have a beautiful. Actually, I, I'll take that back. They did a shitty job of it, but it was actually well done as far as the facial features are, are go. Of uh, Martin Luther King, that's made of marble. Okay, it's white, and he, you know, it, it, which is white. Yeah, white, a grayish white. Um, and nobody ever made mention of, oh, well, no, that's that's the wrong skin color. I mean, I don't understand this at all. This makes no sense to me. But did you see the uh, controversy about the MLK statue that they unveiled in Boston? No. Uh, oh, wait, the one with the, 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 the embrace? The embrace, it's called, yes. That and looks like a penis? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> It's based on the famous photograph of the him and, hug you know, hugging his him wife, and Coretta. Coretta. And yeah. it's a monstrous statue, but this only entails their arms. There's no head. There's no There's no head. It's just the actual either. embrace itself. But from one angle. circle around this thing, you <laughs> see a hand on what appears to be a giant phallus. And people notice this. And then... Some black activists came out and decried that this was a shameful display. This is racist. And it was made by a black artist. There you go. Yeah, it was a black man who did it. So, And this kind of falls in line, too, with what we saw you know, when the Tyree Nichols incident happened. Black driver encountered some police, physical scuffle. A few days later, he passed away at the result of the injuries. Racist cops. All five of them are black. Um, uh, black cops were doing white supremacy. That's literally the argument they came up with. White supremacy compelled the black cops to assault a black driver. Somehow, this is where we're at. Well, just to close, mm -hmm. there's a very deeply important issue that could be on the horizon where Liz Warren is fighting for you and I, Liz, on the front of our lunch dining habits. Liz oh, Warren, God. she's standing boldly in front of the sneeze guard on our behalf. She's upset because there's a possibility that the company that owns Jimmy John's could possibly purchase Subway sandwich shops. Now, I'm not sure how that is because Subway's, Subway's the biggest chain. Bigger than McDonald's now. They have more locations than McDonald's, if you can believe it. I thought that it was kind of weird that they were owned by a company called The Doctors or something like that. <laughs> you spell it with a K? <laughs> I have no idea. I thought it was Doctors something or other, but yeah. But um, yeah, Liz is very concerned now because... If Jimmy John's and Subway combine, she claims this is going to create a sandwich monopoly. 
Maybe sandwich monopoly. Because it's like there's no other sandwich chains out there, Liz. I mean, look at people in my family who work at Jimmy John's, and I know Blimpy's out there, and there's mom and pop deli sandwich shops in just about every single fucking city in America, I believe. But yeah, she's she's concerned for us here. And I just want to point this out too. Um People can make their own sandwiches. Still, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I mean, not like the electric. Not company. gonna lie, I'm a girl and I'm really good at it. So I'm living I'm, up to the to the stereotype. I'm a kick-ass you know? sandwiches myself. I'm all about them. Yeah, I, it, there's an art. I mean, it's it's funny because Subway actually calls them sandwich artists. They're not. They're literally called that. <laughs> so. There is an art to making a sandwich. I mean, you you got to know I'm where an, to put I'm an all artisan. the. You know, yes, exactly, and um, and 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 you know, you see all these beautiful pictures of sandwiches that people share and all that stuff, and you're like, I'm just not putting ham and cheese on on white bread anymore. I'm gonna be like out there and and do the artisanal type of shit, you know, and, and so you buy all this stuff and then you make it look pretty and everything. And you said, and it makes you happy. I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool thing to do. It's usually it is, though. The more photogenic a sandwich is, the less it tastes good. Well, I have to say my sandwiches taste great. But that's because I, I make them and I put the stuff that I like in them. And there you go. I make a killer grilled cheese with smoked Gouda and fig jam. That's to die for. But that's the stuff I like. I'm sure that there's people that, out there that don't. My, uh, my grilled cheese has five cheeses in it. Well, I'm not saying that it's just smoky. I'm just saying those and are It's a slappy son of a bitch, too. It doesn't, you know, you ain't taking pictures. And this looks like a crime scene. You know what? I will have a, co- will have a competition. <laughs> I'm, not a cop. I'm not saying mine are better. I'm just saying for me. <laughs> Minor, that's all I'm saying. But I just love the fact that Liz thinks she's saving the world. I'm going after Big Sandwich. What the hell are you talking Okay, Liz, you do that. You break up that monopoly, because otherwise I was at a loss. Who's going to make me a grinder? Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think that burned out my content. I uh... Okay. <laughs> At least some of it. But yeah, the, uh, checking at Red State, checking at Town Hall. I got more of this kind of crap coming. Gonna be ripping uh, new a holes in the media for the coming week, I think. Yeah, you're gonna be very busy. So I'm just gonna let you know I'm available to. Uh, yeah, I might spit those. some uh, editing duties your way. We'll find out. So yeah, get... that way you don't have to worry about you know, flooding gray. I'll say the same thing I tell everybody. (laughs) Fucking spell check. This is I I I don't rely on Grammarly. Grammarly is just not help. I I have better luck with the spell check on my phone than I do with Grammarly every time. I I override Grammarly quite frequently. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to use flowery language, language, you dumb shits. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you if you make sure Grammarly set for American English and not British English, it'll give you the right spelling for gray. Just saying. 
Well, but her name is Gay, not Gray. Oh, I know. I was, <laughs> I was, I was being facetious because it sounded like you said Gray. So, <laughs> no, that's because he had a mis- the misfortune when he was talking on one of his columns, and he referred to her as Gray instead of Gay. That was the only misspelling I caught too. So that was that was pretty good considering yeah, how was- many. Uh, all the content you have to put out. Probably so. an 1,800-word piece, and you yes. tripped me up on one thing in the December <laughs> entry. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to take that loss, all right? All right. All the 1,800 okay, words, so. Brad slacking. Just say, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> well, we've gone, like, almost two hours. So wrapping up, Brad, where can we find you? Well, as I just mentioned, you can head over to townhall.com. You'll see my daily column there called Riff from the Headlines. It's going to be, as I said, free for non-VIP subscribers this week. So you can um, bathe in the luxuriousness of my verbosity. There you go. And also at Red State, I'll be doing much of the same type of stuff. And uh, you also have my twice-weekly podcast there called Liable Sources. And I believe this being the first... Wednesday of the month, I'm going to be on the VIP video chat with Duke and Scott tomorrow night, looks like. So, even more. And then uh, you can hear me on this very network. Cordy and I are going to be doing probably a uh, year-end wrap-up show on all the entertainment news that took place on the culture shift. And then the following Thursday, as I flip back and forth to Paul Young from ScreenRant.com on Disasters in the Bacon. Dark Side of Hollywood and bad movies, so we'll come up with something appropriate maybe for the new calendar. And, of course, the leisure time and sporting activities here every Tuesday with the ever-effervescent Aggie Regan on the Cocktail Lounge. And if you need more of me than that, let's face it, you do. You head over to Jitter. I'm at Martini Shark. What about you, (laughs) Aggie? Where can people find more of your magnificence? Well, you can find me... At Aggie Rican and at Aggie the Barkeep over on X. <laughs> I mean, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday nights, doing the Cocktail Lounge with the Eversuave View. 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Friday nights, doing He Said, She Said with um, Rick as of late. That has been a lot of fun. Mickey's still on hiatus. And uh, once a month. I do two podcasts. One is the last Wednesday of every month, 8 p.m. Eastern, the Toxic Masculinity podcast with Rick, Ordy, G, and myself, and along with Andrew now, too, so that has been a lot of fun. And the second Tuesday of every month, Jeff and I team up, and we are doing our book Um, podcast. Point of order, that's second Monday, not second Tuesday. Second Monday. That's right. Second Monday. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're I've been welcome. drinking. Second Monday of every month. What? Yes. Listen, I've had a really rough few days. I deserved my drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, second Monday of every month, Jeff and I team up doing spirited books where we bring you some obscure books uh, for you for uh, your pleasure. We review them and we talk about them and we pair them with a cocktail or a um, beer, you know, for, for fun. So, thanks for joining us and we hope you all have a lovely evening. And go raise a glass and look at the ceiling.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.